To this week's Urban Legends, uh, I'm, so. I'm currently uh, seeking sanctuary in a church. My name is Chris Flynn, and with me, as always, is Postman Pat Superfan Neil Herbert. Hi, Neil. How's your week been? All right. I was hoping it was going to be like the Kurgan intruding into your sanctuary in church. There, have you ever seen the movie Highlander? But, uh... I haven't. No. Postman Pat's, um, yeah, one of Clancy Brown's greatest roles, in my opinion. Anyway, um, yeah, yeah, Postman Pat, yeah. Um, So so how's the the Pat hunt going? Because I know that you like to collect all the the bedspreads, the um, lampshades, all of the, all of um, the, uh, I believe you've got Postman Pat pyjamas, that kind of thing. well, the latest thing I'm putting together a full, um, you know, life size uniform. Nice. Yeah. Original. It's a bit original. Sitting around the middle, I'll be honest with you. It's a, you only like the original kind of 80s one, don't you? Not the recent yeah. CGI nonsense. You, that, you, that, you spit at that, don't you? Disgusting. I'm not even aware of what that is, Chris. Won't have That's... it on in the house. Yeah. So uh... I had brain surgery to remove any knowledge of that <laughs> abomination. Um, so you've. Um... Uh, yeah, so you, so you're cosplaying as Postman Pat now. That's good. That's um, a logical step. No, I'm very much wanting to become Postman Pat. I'm if Postman. you think of me, it's it's like um, that that uh, killer in the Silence of the Lambs. Right. I'm gonna become Pat. It's okay. a difference, yeah. It's not cosplay, not playing, not kids. <laughs> right. I'm gonna become Pat. So is that why you've put your house up for sale? I want to consume his essence. You're looking at places in the Yorkshire Dales. Is he Yorkshire Dales or is he in Wales, Postman Pat? I'm not sure. Big Yorkshire um, Dales, wasn't he? Probably. I'm apparently his biggest fan, so that's <laughs> in Wales. If I'm making up, making up, even though. Um, yeah, no, small village in Wales, I've decided. Um, would you call it, would you call it Pat Femera? Is that what you call, yeah. call your collection? Pat Prest, Prestilich. Pat Femera. Yeah, mate. Yes, my um, Patophilia. That sounds disturbing. Some reason. <laughs> you, you, you're a pataphiliac. Well, let's not go down that route. Okay, that's good. Well, um, I wish you, I wish you luck in hunting down some more postman Pat uh, bits and bobs from the eighties. Um, and uh, if anyone has anything for postman Pat related to, to sell, please get in touch at herb dot legends yeah. at uh, gmail dot com, and uh, Neil will be more than happy to negotiate a fair price or hunt you down and just take it, depending on how much information he can glean from from the email. We'll start We'll start with the former, but if you want to push it, we'll go down the latter route. Fair enough. Don't get on the wrong side of a Pat fan, no. When, don't get between him and Pat Fenra. Right, this week, Neil, we are going back to the US of America. Oh, fake law, fake law. We're going, law in the US. we're going to Oregon in the misty northwest. Um, Oregon, of course, uh, Portland, Oregon, considered the new San Francisco when it comes back to being, when it comes to being laid back 
in America. It's well, been, yeah, Brighton, Brighton and Hove actually beat them in the hipster index. Yes, last year. Did we, we were, I think we were one one thousandth of a point more hip than um, than Portland, Oregon. Oh, it's considered one of the hippest places. Yeah, they they looked at how many. I think it was something like how many coffee shops, vegan tattoo parlors, record stores, and vintage shops there were, and uh, per one hundred thousand, and Brighton took it home. Did anyone so, beat uh, Brighton? No, Brighton were number one in the world. Ah, we, we picked world. Portland, Oregon to the post. Yes. Well, better luck next it's year. Hippest city on earth, or the hipsterest city on earth, depending on how disparaging you want to be. About how many um, beards per capita? That kind of thing. Oh, I don't think that was in the criteria, but I'm, I'm rocking a bit of a beard myself. At the you are. I had a shave yesterday. My face feels lighter. Yeah, I kind of want to get rid of it now. I think um, it's getting a bit. Although I might go for a for a bit of a winter um, wonderland. Fiber, hibernation. A winter wonderland on your face. Yeah. I'm looking a lot more Grizzly Adams at the moment, but not intentionally. Um, so yeah. Yeah, it'd be good to go to. I think it'd be quite an interesting place to visit Portland. Well, it's near Seattle, sort of so I'd want to go to Seattle as well. Yeah, that would be good. And I think to visit as well. is it Vancouver's just over the border? Yeah, yeah can't be far off. Yeah, so be all right, wouldn't it? I, could, yeah. I mean, I've always wanted. To... We'd have to wrap up warm, I suspect. Oh, depending on the time of year. Chilly. Um, yeah, be all right, I'm in it. That'd be good. Might visit interesting cities. Yeah, and also. I'm... I've been watching documentaries about the First Nation people from that area of the world, mm. and they've got a fascinating culture, and I'd like to see some of that, what's left of it. Yeah. Um, yeah, that kind of that kind of Pacific Northwest area's got um, got really strong and vibrant Native American or First Nation culture. So that'd, mm-hmm. be, not, that'd be nice to see. Yeah. Uh, right. As long as well as where Frasier was set, um. <laughs> I don't think they filmed much of it. I think they did do no. one live episode in Seattle, but largely it's probably a soundstage in LA. I suspect. Yeah, but, I would um, think so. Something along those lines, but uh, yeah, hey, it was set there. So oh, they're going to Boston and go and see the Cheers Bar. Well, the, you can see the out the outside of it is there, but the it's inside become of a it che- was just a stage. A no, no, because they've turned it into a Cheers themed pub now. Oh, have they? I think it was a bar. I think it was a genuine bar, but they just, as you say, the interior and stuff wasn't, but I think they have modelled it. I don't know if they've changed the insides or whatever, but it's it's literally called Cheers now, or oh. whatever it was called back in the day. So they, they anyway, whatever. Well, you would do, wouldn't you? Good way to, would. Good way to get it. So to I went to see, you was, um, went up to Liverpool for a work thing, and um, we went down the Cabin Club. Ugh. And it was funny, because it, firstly, it's not really the place where the Beatles played. They played in a sort of different cabin, so it's a different... It's not even really authentic. What, so they moved venues? You, yeah, and then just kept calling it the Cabin Club. Um, so, well, I think it probably it was the same venue, but it moved venues, like you say, but it yeah. wouldn't have been the actual place. Because I think these are just like, I don't know, it's like, you know, you get the arches under Brighton Station. Yeah. They're, they're, it's like that kind of thing. Um, and the thing is, yeah, there was a guy next door who, I mean, fair enough, I could see his frustration of a bit like some of the lesser attended gigs that we've played. So everyone's going down the Cabin Club because, you know, hmm. of course you do, go and see where the Beatles played or, or similar to where they would have played. Um, and then they're doing like a live music night next door with like two people in. And um, and this guy was just getting more and more aggravated as we're just walking past and going towards the Cabin Club. And like, Come in, proper fucking music. It's my terrible attempt at a Scouse accent, but uh, we're getting quite all right. Wasn't selling it, though. Wasn't selling You know, you don't want an angry Scouse to entice you into, you know, be a bit no. more friendly and warm. And then we might... We, yeah, we, show we us some of that famous anyway. sense of humour. 
Best sentencing yeah. in the world. Friendliest people in the yeah. world. Yeah. Um, Beautiful people, Chris. No, I enjoyed it, but it's tiny though. It's it is small, yeah. Tiny city. It's yeah. got it's it's like got a tiny centre and then just loads of council estates sort of sprawling out from the centre. Yeah, it's like the centre. Yeah, it's just like a huge. Um, I did a work thing like, there as well. Shopping centre. Yeah. But we, we our conference was a place called New Brighton. Imagine that. I can't. Out, out on the Mersey. Did yeah, you, it's, um... it's, it was awful. It was like a, a dilapidated seaside town. <laughs> it's just like a load of arcades that shut down and all that sort of thing. Do you know what I mean? Oh, nice. Did you yeah. go to? Um, did you go and look at the weather map with uh, from uh, this morning, where the guy used sadly to didn't have time for it. that. Didn't he? Didn't he get? He got done for dodginess, didn't Did he? You treed or something? Yeah, oh, I don't I know. Think so. I don't know. Uh, yeah, who a lot didn't? of people did. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't know, so I won't comment. But uh, yeah, I think so. So, Cannon Beach, Oregon. We are looking at the spooky tale of the bandaged man. How does, that, how does that sound to you now? Bandages. It sounds. Spooky, bandages are obviously terrifying. Yeah, elastoplast, you know, I'm terrified of. Um, and it implies wounds, which also terrify me. Um, uh, yeah, or it could, could be a mummy, couldn't it? Could be a mummy. Could mm. be a mummy. Broke out from Portland's historical society. Um, what was brought back from, I don't know, Giza or something. Maybe it's, maybe it's just hit dressing bandages. Maybe it is. Maybe that's, maybe that's how they're trying to take top spot next year. Yeah, maybe he's riding a penny farthing around. Just <laughs> a monocle bandages. The thing I do. It's just the thing the, I do. The invisible, the invisible man look. Why are you looking? I'm not. I'm not drawing attention to myself. Just, just being me. <laughs> so this is from BeachConnection.net. Um, so we'll, we'll see. I've not read this, so we'll see how it pans out. I think it might be a bit tongue in cheek which would upset me, but we'll give it a go anyway. I hope there's some good jokes. There were some of those. So perhaps the most famous and infamous of Oregon's Ghost Coast tales is Bandage Man, who has made numerous appearances in books for decades now. Locals seem to point to most of the tales popping up in the 50s and 60s of a bandaged and bloodied figure haunting the roads near Cannon Beach and its forests, and even its bars. Mm. He's even more famous than the uh, Muriel, the Muriel, uh, the ghost of a girl who supposedly haunts a Newport lighthouse. I've heard of either of these people, so fair enough. I'll take that under advice. Yeah. Ghost tales are an interesting way to learn about history, especially on the Oregon coast. If you look into the bandage man further, you can find out there was an old road part of Highway 101 just outside of Cannon Beach and its northernmost junction, where the road veered off to the east a bit before returning to the 101. That was straightened out to its current formation sometimes in its six, in the 60s or so. You might have slightly different interpretations of interesting, to be honest. With you. <laughs> so even more revealing, that uh, the old dark road was called Bandage Man Road by the locals. And it was apparently mm. a rite of passage for kids who had got on their license to drive it at night. So it sounds like the motorway kind of then joined what was an old road, yeah, which was all dark and that. And then since then, they've kind of done a bypass of that bit of the road. That's what it sounds like. So to you, me. 
you're not you're not paying for the upkeep of your road, and therefore you're going to have you know shenanigans. Haunted bandage man. You know, yeah, you're going to get haunted bandage man hanging around. Be like the bat and bull on a Friday night. There's a local joke for you. I first learned of him in a book of regional spook stuff back in the mid-80s, and even at the age of 23 or 24, it scared the hell out of me. Not long after, I was hanging out at the docks at uh, Netarts, a long way from Cannon Beach, late at night, and somehow got freaked out about the possibility the bandage man was lurking in the forest behind. Crazy times. The bandage man legend seems to go back to the 50s, but other accounts take him back to the 30s. He lurks in Cannon Beach Forest and Road, covered in bandages and smelling of rotten flesh. Mm. Apparently, mostly showing up on nights with heavy lightning. One tale has him smashing a window at Old Bill's Tavern and grabbing someone's dog for lunch. <laughs> nice. Poor joke about hot dogs, but um, so I mean, uh, yeah, interesting I mean, that he's that he's like smashing up windows in towns and stuff. You know, that's um, very forward of him, isn't it? For uh, yeah, what's he after? Dogs, apparently. Dogs, apparently, yeah. So, his origin story. The main version <clears throat> was that a logger, severely injured, and rather than chopped up, as the Cannon Beach History Museum recently put it, then whisked away by an ambulance all covered in, a- all covered in bandages. The ambulance then fell victim to a landslide and supposedly when they came to rescue the vehicle, he was gone. Ooh. He wasn't having a good day, was he? No. Oh, no. You get, you get, you get in a terrible axe accident, which, you know, I could see with a chainsaw. I think with an axe, you would have thought it would be reasonably safer. But uh, there we go. Um, bandaged him up, put him in the ambulance. Oh, no, that has a bleed landslide. It doesn't say that it was with an axe. Oh, how did he get injured then? Oh, it just said that he was severely injured. There you go. Got, injured logger. Well, maybe it was a chainsaw or something. Yeah. Was it 30s, did they say? It was a chainsaw uh, or a, a tree fell on him. Big tree. Yeah, big tree fell on him. Could be that. Or what? You think that? I, I don't think, would you bandage somebody for a tree fell? Well, fledge? if it was the 30s, that was the extent, that was the extent of medical knowledge, wasn't yeah. it? Just bandage him. Just, just wipe some ID on him and bandage him up. Yeah. <laughs> give, him some, give him some tonics. For God's sake, don't take him down Route 101 because there's landslides down there tonight. So you make sure you go around the long way. Yeah, 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 yeah definitely. Well, Dad, yeah, whatever, Dad. Yeah, yeah. Fuck's sake. <laughs> Ratty ambulance driver. <laughs> I've got a hot day. Yeah, exactly. I've got to spend at least an hour coming back my pompadour. Vaseline. I've got to take the shortcut. I've got to get on my Harley. I imagine, for some reason, I'm imagining him as the Fonz. Yes. I think we're about 20 years too early. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, huge back-combed hair. Yeah. Real cream. And, uh, yeah, denim or leathers. Don't mind which. Yeah. A cut motorcycle cut. <laughs> maybe, yeah. maybe from Monty Don's gang. Um, so there are a myriad of versions of this, including law that he was an electrician and from various other trades. Mostly, though, he's a logger. According to the museum, he first started popping up in the 50s, but I've read tales that speak of him farther back. Mm. In any case, in true camp horror story or camp horror movie style, his modus operandi is mostly harassing teens in car parks. I assume that means like um, summer camp rather than, you know, carry on movie camp. I think carry on movie camp. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, I think. (laughs) (laughs) 
was this bandage man? Um, on occasion, on occasion, he's said to target moving vehicles like open-top cars or pickup trucks. He'll jump in. He's got ambition. I'll tell him that. Yeah, I mean, he's getting that. about, isn't he? Yeah. I reckon him and a hairy hand get on all right. Yeah, would do. Uh, he'll. Ju- he's got super strength. Well, I don't know. I mean, he, he seems like he's got super agility, like uh, like a John Spiderman. Um, mm. So he'll jump into the back of the vehicles and then mysteriously vanishes before reaching town. The museum recently wrote on Facebook. Most of the time, people do not become aware of his presence until the rotting stench reaches your nose. So, there you go. Uh, He's got some unfortunate skin condition. Yeah, it could it could be. Well, you know, they won't let him on public transport. So yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> just to get to a hospital with, into with, vehicles with, with America's convoluted healthcare system. Yeah. yeah, maybe that's it. Maybe he just doesn't have insurance. Do you know how much money you earn out of login these days, Chris? Uh, yes, I do. The average logger just getting squeezed to the. I do um, because of my uh, computer phone. logging game. Yeah, <laughs> I'm earning. Just, yeah, yeah, you probably... I'm earning quite a lot. Have, have you managed to? Have you managed to uh, build a? I bought. Are you still selling eggs or whatever it was you were last time? You're actually selling. I still eggs. sell eggs, of course. You know, <laughs> look, after, look after the pennies and all that. But versatile uh, your portfolio. But I I own it all now, and I've also bought a furniture making factory. So I'm. Basically, making it hand over fist. So you can sell those logs for real markup now. You turn them into chairs and, and shiz lounges and stuff. That's exactly it. Beds. Yep. Beautiful. Uh, poofs, stools. Uh, you, uh, you pay, you're paying your workers enough? I do it all myself, so I don't have any workers. Don't believe in it. Don't believe in employing people. All right, John Gould. So this is where. The tale takes some surprising and hilarious turns. I mean, will it be as surprising and hilarious as the Monkey Man of Delhi being half robot or on Rumberskin? Unlikely, unlikely, but <laughs> hey, give it a go. So, there's a wild tale of a bandage man prank in the 1960s on the North Oregon coast that has become a legend of its own. Or is it just part of the bandage man law? Funny how stories change, morph, and even disappear. At one point, around 2008 or so, I heard about a gnarly prank on a group of North Oregon Coast High School. Gnarly. Gnarly! Played on a friend back in the 60s or so. There was a bunch of them in the back of a pickup truck. At one point, they hopped out of it, and a friend hopped in dressed as the bandage man. The driver I'm went... just picturing something like out of Back to the Future here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the driver went bonkers doing cookies in the gravel to try and get the foe spook out of the truck so what's cookies donuts i imagine it's a day the same as a donut so driving driving around in a circle yeah um creating a lot of smoke from the tires yeah like uh night rider or something how how did he think that was going to dislodge somebody seated in the back or was um, it somebody jumped literally on top of the car or something i don't know the, the centrifugal force maybe yeah Could i mean be. You're a i don't think there'd be a very strong centrifugal force from a car going around in a circle they tend to be, uh, you know, much faster RPM than that. But that, and anyway, that would just that would actually make him uh, gravitate more towards the centre of the car. I think so. That wouldn't be very helpful. Well, um, no, if you're on the edge, surely you'd be. Substrate force pushes you down. Um, but um, but yeah, you'd probably fly off the side before you. Yeah. Anyway, um, so but, but you're reading it. So what 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 uh, 
Wait, did he jump into the car? Did he jump on top of the car? Did he not say? Uh, so they were in the back of a pickup truck, and then they all jumped out, and he jumped into the back of the pickup truck. Oh, so he jumped into the the, the like the base of the pickup truck. Okay, yeah, yeah, where you keep where, where you keep stuff such keep as your tools and things, or you keep, or some of the lads are sitting yeah, doing, their, doing their hair. Uh, you you keep like some maybe barrels, barrels full of yeah. supplies, bandages. Um, if you hit a deer, you put that in the back. You know, waste not, want not. <laughs> All mounted to the front. Like and, that, and, yeah. video. Skin cream. Skin cream, um, yeah. Crates of fruit, maybe. Um, rope. Eggs. Yeah. yeah, eggs. Egg, tinned the eggs kegger. to sell. Kegs. Tinned eggs, yeah. Kegs, lovely. Oh, it's got a thousand uses. When I was in Australia, they've got uh, such a thing as... Uh, drive-through off-licenses. Yeah, I've heard of this. I've got cousins in Australia. And um, so what people would do, because we used one, but we were just in a car, but what people would do was pull up in their pickup trucks, or utes, as they call it, and and just, like, pay, and then people would just sling a couple of crates of... Have a thousand VB in the back of the ute, please. Yeah, uh, Victoria Bitter into the back back of the ute, and then it'd fuck off. Nice, nice, good system, isn't it? A few crates of Winnie Blues in there as well. Ah, possibly, Winnie Winnie Blues is um is a, a wonderful singer from the twenties, isn't she? A uh, Winfield Blues, I believe, are a brand of cigarettes in America in Australia. Excuse they me. are, yeah. Or Win- yeah. yeah, Winfields, yeah, is it Winfields, had, yeah, Winfields. Yeah. Had, yeah, you can get them all over, apart from England. I've had them in Europe, yeah. all sorts. I don't know. I I, th- I thought they were Australian. This is all just coming down from a, a video I saw. Um, it was like an Australian guy just sort of having a, a joke about Australia Day. Yeah, no, I've had Win, Winfield. You can get them in in Europe from fag machines mm. and stuff. Yeah, I suppose most of these um, most of these things are sort of um, you, you know, world, yeah, worldwide, yeah, worldwide, aren't they? Especially with the old tobacco market shrinking. So They're busy. Sadly, as I write this and double-check with old coastal friends on the prank, this one gets lost. Some don't recall the bandage man legend at all. Others claim this prank was a real bandage man visitation. Indeed, one Facebook page for locals in Clatstop County recounts a version of this over and over. A young couple from the local high school had pulled over at a famous make-out spot and were interrupted by booming knocks on the truck window. Uh, discovering a bloodied and banded face smushed up against the glass and a bloody stump with a hook reaching for them. Oh, here we go. Hook hands, is it? I feel like you're, you're getting your, your stories mixed up mm. here because he's bandage man for me shouldn't have a hook hand. No. I don't know. Is that is that part of the character? Is it, see, the problem here, Chris, is we've not established the uh, the proper law first before we start playing around with it. I feel like we're breaking the rules before we've established character. Yeah, I agree. You know? I've not heard of any genuine bandage man sightings yet. We're already into team pranks and hook hands. Yeah. Uh, Most disappointing. So this one and other similar encounters were told frequently in the 60s, according to a lot of locals. Well, I could imagine as well that would be the thing you'd do, wouldn't it? Because a lot of these, like when you have that endemic of wankers dressing up as clowns to scare people. Yeah. Um, you know, just people think that kind of stuff's hilarious, don't they? You know, or certain type of individuals things that sort of thing is you know, top fun. Um, I'm having a, can have a little look at. Um, so, uh, so, so smells of rotting flesh. Yeah. And um, he's not going to be one of my top 10, you know, 
horror villains. Well, he's not up there with Wolfman and Vampire Man and, and Pigman and Cowman. <laughs> Pigman's not a villain. He's a yeah. hero. He's an anti-hero. Uh, yeah, sorry. Pigman's king of all our hearts, obviously. Uh, so this one's from WestsidePortlandInsurance.com. <laughs> so we'll see what, see what they have to say about it. So, far from the rooted-in-history scares of Portland's Shanghai tunnels, the bandage man haunts a lonely patch of a decommissioned highway near the idyllic coastal town of Cannon Beach. Uh, like many slightly pervy ghosts, he likes to mess with randy teenagers making out in the cars, though more sinister legends have him eating dogs, wandering windset roadside and even jumping in the back of pickups and sedans, filling the car with the scent of rotten flesh. Quote, the bandage man is a phantom of a man completely wrapped in bandages who haunts this small community. The bloody figure who smells of rotten flesh jumps into vehicles passing on the road outside of town, mostly pickup trucks, open top cars, but also sedans, station wagon, and even sports cars. Mm. Sometimes the mummy breaks the window or leaves behind bits of bloody or foul-smelling bandages. One legend has it that he's a ghost of a dead lodger, cut to pieces in a sawmill accident. So the bandage man sometimes... Oh. Cut to pieces in a, in a sawmill accident. Wow. Maybe that's where he got the hook hand from then, I guess. Maybe. I mean, you know, I'm not getting a lot from this so far. Um, well, what, what I like is they've confirmed, as I thought, like, like, what's the amount of bandaging we're talking about here? And it is like, full. you know, m- mummy-esque full yeah. bandage, which is good. So basically, we've got uh, a pervy mummy with a mm-hmm. BO problem. Yeah. Um, who likes just, like, jumping into cars. But... I, but other mummy stories, the mummy isn't perverted, so that's a nice twist. No, exactly. That's <laughs> nice. That is the, the greatest of all twists. When, uh, yeah. Sorry, her mummy, who likes... I'd, it's fine, just carry on, I like watching. Yeah. I'll be honest with you, mate, that smells really putting the lady off, so, you know, it's not going to work out for three of us. Uh, the I mean, I'll be fine. I'll be, I'll be fine with you watching. I haven't got a problem with it. Yeah, I'm not bothered, mate. I'll tell, I'll tell you what, I'll take your number. We'll meet up afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> The bandage pants, sometimes blamed on a logger that was made at nearby mill, made his early documented appearance in the 50s. He was a spooky t- tale told around beach bonfires uh, by teens with the monster movies. Still, after hearing this tale late at night, then retiring to the confines of a secluded road for a little third base action. I don't know what the bases are. Uh, the stories that carry through... Uh, Carries enough creepy weight to seriously kill the moods, which is why it's persisted for decades. So a lady from Cannon Beach was talking about this so-called urban myth in a paranormal investigation group online. Her name is unknown, Neil. Was it you? Could be. It, clearly it was. Quote, I've been aware of this story for over 40 years, for I was a child in the community where it got started. Mm. <laughs> nice way of writing. Thought I was a child. Uh, I knew some of the family of the kid that first encountered the Bandage Man. There's an old road that, for all the years I was growing up, was known as Bandage Man Road. It was just an old section of Highway 101 that had been bypassed when a new section was put in place, but it was still accessible, and it wasn't very long. Just a short loop off the uh, um, highway. The whole thing from end to end could be driven in maybe five minutes or so. This loop of road was popular for local kids to go and make out. That was around 6061. And this is where the story gets crazy, Neil, apparently. Quote, that's where the story started. One night, two of the local kids were up there doing what 
just what teenage boys and girls do when they are parked in dark and lonely roads. The boy had an old Chevy pickup and the girl and he were sitting in the cab. Revising for their maths exams, yeah? Oh, I would imagine. Revising for yeah. something exams. Yeah. Uh, all of a sudden, they felt the truck sort of lean like something was moving around in the bed of the truck. They turned to look out the rear window and there looking back was a bandaged face with only some weird-looking eyes showing through the eye holes in the bandages. The bandage figure started beating on the glass on top of the cab. The kid started his engine, got it into gear and tore off, uh, tore off out of there, his girlfriend screaming in terror as the man in the back continued his pounding. Any of you have been on Bandage Round Road or Cannon Beach know how curvy that road is and to drive them at night at high speed is dangerous. On they went after what seemed like an eternity. They made it to downtown Cannon Beach where the boys family owned a service station and they lived next door to in a greenhouse. Oh, I mean, I'm assuming the house was green rather than it was meant for growing plants. Uh, once they Excellent got there, sense. they looked in the back and a bandaged figure was nowhere to be seen. Well, presumably it's fallen off because you get speeding around. And I'd just like to let you know that at Bill Higley Insurance, we cover a lot of things for our amazing car deals on car insurance, but not a haunted Chevy. And he was first reported in the 50s and 60s. And why does it just scare teams on the deserted highway? We may never know. So um, typical of insurance companies, they're not not willing to insure against ghosts. I don't think that reflects very well on them. Well, I'm going to get some business for my paranormal activity. Well, I exactly. need good insurance, but well, you can't. Won't let you have it, will they? Can't get it. Can't get it. Unbelievable. I've loads of London. Won't even they won't do it. <laughs> bearings. <laughs> that's actually that's actually why bearings went under because they were yeah. the only insurer to insure against hauntings, weren't they? Yeah, well, that that year we unleashed the gates of hell, and then uh, <laughs> yeah, the uh, uncanny payouts come through the roof. I'll never make that mistake again. Yeah, sorry, that's not included in the policy. Lots of justice will be all over that. So, um, to be honest, I think it that's just about seems like it. more of a nuisance. I mean, it's 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 not great. I mean, no. we won't get into the scoring or anything, but it doesn't. It just it's just a, a pervy, smelly mummy again. That is a bit it's of a nuisance, fire, really. Isn't it? Yeah, but, but normally with these kind of things, you don't. I'd expect you know, like I don't know, the boyfriend gets beheaded or. Do you know what I mean? Something a little bit more spooky or, yeah. you know... I mean, I, think... I mean, all right, there's one where, allegedly, we went into a pub and ate someone's dog. Yeah. Or grabbed someone's dog, presumably, to eat it. Um, that just sounds like an, an Oregon drunk to me, but uh, <laughs> met people like that in Brighton, you know. Probably, I wouldn't put a dog eating past them, to be honest with you. Um, I think, I mean, it, it sounds to me like someone played a prank and just dressed as a mummy and jumped yeah. in the back of the car to scare two teenagers. It was probably someone from their class. Yeah. And then when they pulled up, they got out and ran off. That's what it sounds like to me. And well, then some, somebody was just some voyeur who just decided to wrap himself in bandages to uh, to haunt the... Uh, he, he, think, could cop, he could cop a look, but then uh, not get caught. when. Uh... I mean, I imagine it, it sounds like this is quite, um, quite an out-of-the-way area. So there might not... You know, it might not be a lot going on, like Cannon yeah. Beach. So, so people, get, people get bored, but and then and do funny things. I mean, even even if you take it as read that it is like some malicious entity, he's not really doing much, is he? He's just sort of jumping in the back of your pickup truck and then then vanishing into the ether. Yeah, yeah. Honest, it wouldn't really phase me. 
You want to you lift a town? Fine, just ask. You know, don't need to wrap yourself <laughs> up in bandages and jump in. <laughs> it holds you down as well at the same time, if that'd help. That might. Yeah, I mean, the, the siege people pick you up. There's a, the sea's there, mate. You know, yeah. jump in. Yeah. You know, also the salt will help your wounds. Yeah. Because it's, disinfe- it's an actual disinfectant. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I don't feel sorry for him. Yeah, God helps those who help themselves, Chris. <laughs> I don't, so, know, I don't know what this, this wandering bandaged pervert's doing, but he's uh, in the handouts from me. So, um, Put yourself up I by think... your bootstraps and buy your own pickup truck. That's my advice. <laughs> yes. That's what Thatcher would have done. Yeah. Um, say no to, to, to handouts to bandaged men. No that handouts was... to bandaged perverts. Yeah. Do you know what? Because otherwise, you're just going to have them in every town. You won't be able to... Exactly. Won't be able to put the bins out for, for some some fucking perverted bandage fucker who can't be bothered to are we coming over. Can we coming over here, all bandaged yeah. up from you know America and expecting a handout? Expecting yeah, for a while over sex, over bandaged, and over here. <laughs> Wanted to use the NHS. Yeah, oh. it's already on it. It's already on its fucking knees. Knees. Yeah. Oh. Tell you what, we need to in the NHS. It's a bit of private investment now. That's what we need. Yeah. I think we, you know, people should start having to pay for it. Not that we already pay through the fucking nose through taxes anyway. Um, yeah, I, I mean, think that that's about as far as we can go with Bandage Man, to be honest. Is it? It wasn't, it wasn't a particularly rich vein of uh, folklore or comedy, was it? Oh, well. Um, no. Yeah, there's only so, so much I can say about somebody dresses up to look at teenagers. And... <laughs> I mean, that's, you know what? that's the most it's... intriguing aspect, is just that he just does sound like a pervert. Well, it just sounds like it's just a campfire tale, isn't it? Yeah. And possibly a few kids have just sort of like, um, you know, done pranks to... I mean, clearly a lot of pickup trucks driving up and down this particular stretch of Oregon. I imagine it's quite a rural area. So you could bang the logs, so you could stick the logs in the back, innit? Yeah, exactly. Or or whatever you've hunted. Bears, maybe. (laughs) Monkeys. Yeah. Bigfoots. Sasquatches. You know, raccoons, porcupines, you know, giraffes. all the giraffes, gorillas. In Oregon. Yeah, I mean, they've got, um, yeah, got terrible lefties in Washington, but you know, they're fucking all, all over the cabbage farm. Yeah, elephants, of course. Get all up in your second floor business as well with their long necks, the fucking pests. Yeah, well, I've heard that the elephants often uh, end up eating all of the cash crops from the marijuana farms yeah. that they have in the Pacific Northwest. You know, then then you've got stoned elephants and no marijuana, want, and you don't want a stoned elephant, believe you and me. Do not want a stoned elephant because if anything, they get more hungry, and then they break into the bars and eat all the peanuts. Elephant diarrhea, you know? and, and they don't want to clean you, up after that. What are you and what are you meant to eat? With your craft beer, if you haven't got any peanuts left, because the elephants have eaten them all. And the thing is, the thing is, the Gambia can't produce enough peanuts, you know, to facilitate stoned elephants in the Pacific Northwest. Oh no, it's not. Peanut prices go. Peanut prices go through the roof. Peanut butter suddenly ten pounds a jar. Yeah, but does the Gambian farmer see any of that profit, Chris? Does he fuck? Does he fuck? No. Of course not. It's all these fucking middlemen in the middle just rinsing it out, aren't they? 
Yeah, the, and, the, and the stoned elephants. I'll tell, I'll tell you who get the, the, the management at the co-op local. That's who sees the profits. Yeah. That's where getting you those know, from. They're a cooperative, yeah. Well, you know, they might, they'll, they'll, they'll pay them just about a living wage, but then they'll, uh, they'll whack the, pee, the, the elephant tax on it. <laughs> and, you know, I mean, I, I believe that per gram, peanuts are now more valuable than saffron. Yeah, or Beluga Caviar. <laughs> uh, there's, there's, a, there's a massive investment market in, in Russia and China for uh, peanuts. <laughs> don't, they, don't they call it the, 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 cavi- the caviar of Africa, peanuts? That's what they call it, I think. Have um, Spread some peanut butter on a little cracker and have a vodka with it. Lovely. Or, or actually, I mean, the ideal way is obviously just to scoop up some, um, some peanut butter with a pearl spoon, on, mother of pearl on, spoon, and then just yeah. eat, eat that, you know. Or the back yeah. of the hand, if you're more traditional. Yeah. Have you ever had peanut? I wish I had. I'd like to give it a go. I saw one once. <laughs> was yeah. it walking around? Yeah. I was, I was walking around London and I stopped outside a, a Michelin star bar. Was it Mr. Peanut then... from the KP things with yes. the top hat and the monocle? Yeah, he was he was dining inside this restaurant. It's a really, it's a, it's a, it's the Groucho Club. Yeah. He was with um, Melinda Messenger, wasn't he? Yeah, he was, Moss was throwing up over his shoes. He looked quite dapper, though, as ever. Oh, of course. They're getting his stride. Didn't bother him. Just got a hanky and got somebody to clean it off for him. Yeah. Then, um, Adjusted his monocle slightly and then <laughs> disappeared into smashed, the night with Miss Messenger. Smashed a waiter across the skull with his cane and then got into his Bentley and fucked off. And then uh, a bandaged man smelling foully <laughs> jumped in on the back of the roof. But he just he sort of gave a knowing wink through his monocle, like... <laughs> <laughs> you can watch that. <laughs> Costs nothing to watch. <laughs> Daddy likes to be watched. <laughs> Mr. Peanut likes Peanut. Yeah. So, <laughs> so Neil, spookiness. I'll let you go first. <laughs> this perverted Mr. Peanut character we just invented. Uh, I think, do you know what? Do you know what? I think, I, I think it'd be very think, much like wrap him into it. That's part of the legend, from now. like blue velvet or something. Um, <laughs> yeah, not really too spooky, to be honest with you. Um, I mean, what's the worst that's going to happen? He's going to jump in the back of your pickup truck and make it smell a bit stinky. Yeah, you're going to have to get a bit of bleach in there and hose it down. Which I imagine you're having to do with a pickup truck from time to time anyway. Um, Why do you think you need to bleach down pickup trucks? Well, because you probably are getting well, mean, dead bodies and that. Yeah, exactly. You know, murdering folk, aren't they? Clearly, loads of serial killers. No, I mean, if it's logs and things, then probably just more just, you know, cleaning it out. But, you know, any kind of... Like, dust um, pan and brush. Yeah. Um, but any organic material, you know, like, I don't know, bits of leaf or something, it would start to get smelly, wouldn't it, if it was decaying in the back of the truck? So you can probably clean that down. I don't know. I've never owned a pickup truck, and I'm clearly not from rural parts, so I don't know what I'm talking about. Um, but spookiness, no, I don't think this is very spooky. It's just a pervert in bandages. Um, so yeah, I'm going to go for a two. Two, okay. So spookiness, uh, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's slightly higher than that for me because I can imagine, you know, me there in my varsity jacket, in my Chevy pickup truck with my best gal yeah. uh, on third base, which I presumably is touching genitals. I don't know. I believe that's the case, yeah. Right. 
Um, or possibly, you know, some uh, t- tongues are going somewhere more exciting than... Yeah. Okay. And um, the mouth play on either end. I would imagine if I was doing that and then I smelt like rotting flesh, then that would spook me out because I'd be concerned about her health initially. You'd be stride, I don't think. Oh, yeah, that's true, yeah. And then... Um, and then you look up, and there's some bloody bandaged bloke going bang, 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 on the window. Actually, yeah, that, that would be that would be a horrific first experience, wouldn't it? Yeah, I mean, it would. I mean, that that's actually what happened to me, which is why I'm a confirmed bachelor. Yeah. Um, so I think that would be. I think you know, you're you're vulnerable. You're young. You're um. You're unskillfully fumbling around. Suddenly, the smell of rotten flesh is in your nostrils, and you look round, and then we just the, end up a durian fruit. Don't worry. There's some nutter banging, like with all bandages and that. I think that's quite spooky on a dark road. Um, you know, I've been more spooked, but um, yeah, I'm going to give it a four for spookiness. Mm, fair enough. So believability. So. Like I said previously, I think that this is probably just a prank and it went into folklore. So I think it is believable. Uh, obviously, it's believable that there were horrific injuries happening to loggers because even these days, like being a tree surgeon or something is like one of the most dangerous jobs because essentially you're climbing up trees with a chainsaw and a bit of rope. So, you know, yeah, that's, that, yeah probably, probably don't. Um, so... You know that that's believable. There, there's there's obviously kind of a local something in the local memory of people being badly injured at mills and that kind of stuff. Uh, and I think probably someone did a prank because they were jealous that the other person was getting to third base or whatever. Do I think that he's a haunted person? No. Do I think he ate a dog? No. <laughs> Sounds like a tall tale to me. Sounds like a tall tale to me. So I'm going to give it a believability of four. Neil? Yeah, that's quite high. Actually. I don't know. I think this might be a low score all round for me this week. Um, so, I mean, what to believe, to be honest with you? Like you said, disparate parts aren't really that exciting. That they're not... So an injured logger covered in bandages, I can see that. I don't know why he's knocking about a, a desolate road. Um, but... Um, you know, there's there's not there's not a lot of substance to this to, to, to understand what it's no. is. It, is it supposed to be some sort of haunting or a ghost or if it's just an injured logger, but he's not really wandering around? Yeah, it's supposed to. Um, that's what you you would think the implication was. Um, so yeah, like you, I think I can see you know I can see people I can see it becoming kind of like part of a legend, like a spooky um, spooky um, campfire tale or an attempt at one. Um, you know, becoming a bit of a local legend. I can see people doing it for pranks. Um, I suppose I'm probably going to be persuaded over that most of the elements, actually, yeah, are fairly mundane and therefore believable, so I'll give it a four as well, actually. Oh, lovely stuff. So, Reach, Neil, you may go first. Yet again, one I had not heard of. Um, I don't think that this... So it seems to be something that's um, going on in Oregon. It doesn't seem to have massive reach... You know, might might be. It seems to be very much sort of um, something that's confined to a particular road in Oregon. Um, so very niche. It's, Just to say, I did find this under list of urban legends on Wikipedia. So it's 
it's made that okay, list. So, so maybe maybe it's got a bit more reach. I'll give it credit for then. Um, but to, and it's been been going around since the um, since the fifties, by the sound of it. Yeah, I could see that being the case. It's probably one of those. Yeah, actually, I, I was probably going to have to score a bit higher than I originally was going to here. Um, it's been going around since the fifties. That's quite impressive. It's not there's not really much to it. Um, but hey, that doesn't matter. Um, given the amount of time it's been around, um, it's generic enough, I suppose it could sort of spread around, but I can't see it getting much further than just sort of around America. Um, although it's, it's, it's about a specific location. Yeah. Okay. The, the folklore might go a bit further. Yeah. Okay. I'll give it a, I'll give it a six for each because it's, been, it's been around for a while. So, um, yeah, it has been around for a while, but you know, only since the 50s, 60s. Which is a decent amount of time, but it's not, you know, hundreds of years. Um, so, and it does seem quite, I mean, it's on the Wikipedia thing, but there isn't actually a Wikipedia page about it. Um, it seems very local. Um, it's not going to go any further. I'm, I'm just going to give it a four for each. Fair enough. So, narrative premise. Um it's a pretty standard ghost haunt in pervy teenage narrative thing. Um, obviously, it's specific about it being probably a logger. I like the bit about the avalanche and him disappearing. That's all right. Get some points for that. But beyond that, there's not much of a narrative there. Um, I mean, there's not much to say about it, really. So I'm just going to give it a three. Must yeah. try harder. Yeah, so no, it's not a very strong narrative premise. This one, I don't think. Um, there's there's not an, an awful lot to it. Um, yeah, the the the, the backstory is not terribly interesting. Um, there's there's much more interesting kind of like psychos on the highway, kind of like urban urban legends that you that you come across. And it's not really very far you can take it. I mean, the only bit that was a bit sort of compelling for me was the uh, you know snatching a dog from a pub. Um, but I think that's, <laughs> that's something that somebody just added in later. So it's you know. It's, scary sort of uh, bandage man the rotting smell of rotten flesh is kind of adds a little bit of something extra to it as well I guess I've not come across that one I don't think before so that's an, an element um, yeah having worked in customer service as well I, you know it's one of those things you come across from time to time um, yeah not, not not really a strong narrative thread for me I'm going to give this a three okay and that gives it an overall total of 30 out of a possible 80 urban legend points not too um, shabby. Not too bad. I'm surprised, but I think it's the fact that it's probably just a. So it probably has happened. It's just a prank, though. Probably yeah. brought it up a bit. Um, and so I will just say, if you're in your pickup truck down a dark road, uh, making congress with a doll, and you hear a banging on your windows. Don't have nightmares. And yeah, don't take if you're planning to do something with a dog down there, don't take it down that road because that'll be it, you know. Yeah. You're sort of enticing the bandage man there. <laughs> and you shouldn't do that to dogs anyway. It's disgusting. No. Okay, and that's it from this week's uh, legend. Well, let's get to uh, at the end there, Chris. No, let's get to it for don't, Neil. don't fuck dogs. <laughs> it's very poor manners and also cruel and horrific to the yeah. dog. So don't do so, it. Don't fuck dogs. Goodbye.